Hi, I'm Dr. Bradley Nelson, author of The Emotion Code and creator of The Body Code System. If you're interested in really hacking your life and making your life better, you really need to be listening to my friend, Joel, on the Hack Life Podcast. Biohacking. Performance. Mastery. Mindset. This is a show about getting better every single day. The Hack Life with Joel Levin. Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. Joel here. Very, very excited for this week's guest. I, you know, I told this week's guest, I said, this will probably be the best episode that I do the entire year. And I'm not just saying that. I have a lot of great guests. But I'm going to give you a quick little backstory about how I learned about this this guest and uh, Dr. Bradley Nelson and behind the Emotion Code, which I think is an amazing book. Everyone should go out and read this book. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. But I... Last October, I went to a muscle testing seminar because I'm always trying to learn the next best thing and how I can serve my clients at a higher level and how I can just be better at uh, diagnosing. Actually, I'm not a doctor, so I can't diagnose. Sorry. Um, So I can get better at um, using different protocols and parameters at getting to the root cause of people's issues so that I can better serve them, right? And so we were talking about how emotions play such a huge and crucial role in people's health. And they were talking about, you know, some of the, how you can use this kinesiology, how you can use this kind of body code or emotion code through muscle testing. And you can, and you can learn about some of the emotions that are limiting people. And then I, lo and behold, I found out that Dr. Bradley Nelson, you know, he has this book and he teaches people all around the world how to do this practice of how to release trapped emotions that are inside people's body and that are, uh, when he does this, he's seen so many great effects. He's seen people that were in chronic pain for years and years and years all of a sudden become out of it. I heard other practitioners when I was at the seminar talk about the same thing, how they had debilitating knee pain for years after having surgery and done all the routines and did everything. And by releasing a trapped emotion, the knee pain went away. So I was becoming really, really fascinated and I read the book and I started noticing all these things that were happening in my family and just some of the things that go on with my, my kids and, and some of the things that I'm experiencing and the same things that Dr. Bradley Nelson talks about in the book that he that he was go- that was going through with his kids and just, um, you know, some of the um, behavioral issues that they were having and, and just really amazing. He talks about this story about how uh, everybody he's tested that has had cancer has had usually s- some type of trapped emotion. And so we get into that and we talk about the subconscious mind and, and how that a lot of these emotions, there's this thing called the heart wall and how these emotions can get blocked in our heart wall. And it's interesting, right? Because we talk about these phrases such as how someone having a broken heart, right? Like, what does that mean? And then he talks about how, you know, by releasing someone's heart wall and these trapped emotions that get stored there, you see a lot of release. You see a lot of people's, not only their pain go away, but just um, it could be debilitating other issues, right? Like autoimmune and stuff. So I've noticed that just from coaching, you know, a lot of clients. And in my own practice, I've seen how emotions have really limited people from their higher selves and their greatness. And so I am going to start embarking on my own journey. And I just want everybody to know, you know, as a coach who's dedicated to functional root cause measures and really wanting to get into that whether it's you know weight loss or 
you know, other more severe <laughs> issues other than just metabolic stuff, you know, it could be gut issues, could be toxic metals, could be some kind of autoimmune. Um, I'm starting to actually work with practitioners and implement this body code or emotion code in a lot of my programs. So if you're interested and you want to learn more, feel free to reach out, DM me uh, at Joel Evan Coaching on Instagram or shoot me an email, info at Joel Evan Coaching. I'm getting a lot of people that are reaching out to me and they're reaching out to me through my Facebook page or on my website at uh, joelevencoaching.com, they're reaching out to me through this Facebook. Um, I have a plugin. It's a Facebook Messenger plugin, and I just don't get those messages in time, guys. So if you really want to connect with me, you want to reach out, and you want to learn more about some of my coaching programs, shoot me an email. That's the, probably the best way to get a hold of me, and then we can go from there. All right. So without further ado, monster episode with Dr. Bradley Nelson, the founder of the and the author of the Emotion Code. <laughs> All right, I'm here with Dr. Bradley Nelson. He is a world-renowned energy healing expert and lecturer and author of The Emotion Code and creator of The Body Code System. Dr. Nelson, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for uh, having me on. It's uh, really great to be here. I This is going to be one of, I think, the best podcast of 2022 for me. And I want to tell people why before we even just jump into your story, but uh, I was recently at a health conference, and we were we were talking about we were actually doing muscle testing, uh -huh. and your book came up. And as a health coach and someone who coaches a lot of people, I have noticed just in my own coaching how much emotions and things come into play. Then I I had heard about you. I started reading your book. And my mind was blown. I'm like, I gotta I gotta talk to this guy. I gotta <laughs> get this guy in the podcast. Uh, your team was so gracious and got back to me right away. And so I'm super excited because I think people are going to be, their minds are going to be blown and they don't really understand, I think, how much emotions play into health. So it's huge. Really excited. Um, before we go into that though, like kind of, can you just tell everybody like your background and like, and then I'm just curious, like, how did you stumble into this? <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's really interesting. My journey actually began when I was seven years old. Uh, uh, something really miraculous happened to me. I was really sick with the measles. And uh, I had overheard my parents talking, and I knew the plan was the next day I was going into the hospital into something called an oxygen tent. Okay, they don't do those anymore, but they did back then. And I didn't know what an oxygen tent was. The tent part sounded kind of interesting. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, my parents had made a bed for me upstairs on this couch in the living room so I could be near their bedroom. And I'm lying there feeling really, really sick. I'm seven years old, but I remember every detail of this because of what happened. Um, and my parents come into the room, and my, my mother said to my father, she said, honey, will you kneel down and say a prayer for our boy here that is, so he'll be able to get well? So they did. Now, my dad was a contractor. You know, he was a real estate guy. He wasn't some kind of healer or something supernatural, but I think they were really worried about me. I was really sick. So my dad is saying this prayer, and in the middle of this prayer, something unbelievable happens. This change happens to me. It starts at the top of my head, and it goes whoosh through my body to the soles of my feet, and I'm instantly made completely well. Now, to go from being really sick one moment to being completely, totally vibrantly healthy in the next instant is so bizarre uh, and so impossible, really, that uh, if that ever happens, I mean, you can't forget it. It's just burned into every molecule, every particle of your being. And so I remember everything that happened. And that taught me something. That taught me, at that young age, it taught me that apparently there's a higher power we can draw upon mm -hmm. and, uh, and get help sometimes when we need it. So I kind of filed that away. And, um, 
And then uh, I got involved in computers and programming, and uh, I, I was healed of kidney disease by some alternative uh, holistic doctors when I was about 13. And I decided that's what I wanted to do with my life. But then when I got involved in computers and programming and so on, uh, I, I was going a different direction. And it was prayer, really, and it was an answer to prayer that brought me back to the healing arts. So when I got into practice, I developed this habit of uh, before I'd go to work on somebody, and I did this for about 20 years, uh, before I'd go to work on somebody, I would just offer this short, silent prayer for help, just trying to ask you know, the higher power to help me with this person because I figured I needed, all, I needed all the help I could get, yeah. right? And, um, but I'll tell you, Joel, there were times uh, during those years when somebody would come in to see me and I didn't know how to approach their problem, I didn't know how to help them, and I would offer this silent prayer. And it was just a momentary pause, really. Nobody ever knew. I never told anybody that I was actually saying a prayer for them. It's just a private personal habit, really. But in those situations, there were times when, in response to that asking, I would receive, and it would just be like a huge download of information. Just It was like data would just flood into me and understanding. It was crazy. That didn't happen very often. I mean, that was very much the exception rather than the rule. But I learned some really powerful things about uh, uh, who we really are and what these bodies really are and uh, how to take care of our bodies. And it's not what uh, it's not what we learn in biology, really. And it's not what we uh, understand from mainstream medicine either. It's uh, it's something really different. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, You know, it's it's funny and. You remind me a lot uh, of a of a mentor and a, a healer that I know, uh, Dr. Pete Goldman. Who I don't know if you know him. He's he's a chiropractor as well, and uh, he is a disciple of Dr. Thurman Fleet. And he talks a lot about metaphysics and just how there's a there's a whole different realm of healing that people are not tapped into. I think we just think of this physical and biological way of healing people. Take more vitamins or do this, right? And mm-hmm. there's so much more that we don't understand. Right, exactly. Well, think about it. I mean, when I was seven years old, I had that miraculous thing that happened. Well, that, that's not even supposed to be possible, not, not even remotely in Western biology and Western medicine, yet it happened. Yeah. And uh, so one of the things that I learned uh, is that during those years I was in practice, I found that, um, that uh, the subconscious mind is very willing to give answers. And uh, so what does that mean? Well, you know, we have this conscious mind where we spend all of our waking hours and we take our tests and we have our relationships and we, we make our meals and make our jobs and careers and things. And when we go to sleep, the conscious mind shuts down. The subconscious mind never shuts down and it is vastly more intelligent than our conscious mind. Really, our conscious mind is kind of just along for the ride. Uh, the subconscious mind is the part of you that's so vastly intelligent i mean it can take the the breakfast that you had and it can it can convert that into new red blood cells and i mean all kinds of things that it's just unbelievable really it's so intelligent that we really have not yet begun to to wrap our minds around how intelligent the subconscious mind really is we can document what it does but um but it's it's unbelievable really and the subconscious mind of every single person is doing all of those unbelievable things, keeping us alive from moment to moment. Uh, and animals too. The subconscious mind of an animal is keeping it alive and doing all of those things for it. Uh, so there's, uh, there's this miracle that's ongoing with all of us all the time from one moment to another. 
It's a miracle that we are going from one moment to another, really, and that our bodies don't just fly apart because our bodies are made of energy and uh, all those energies are just kind of flying in formation, giving us this experience that we're having in this world. So it's, it's pretty wild when you start thinking about that we're even alive. <laughs> yeah. And I love that you talked about the subconscious mind, you know, something I've been diving into a lot lately. And I think a lot of us, we like to think that we're very logical beings, right? That we are always in the conscious. We're all the subconscious. Yeah, whatever. But from what I understand, like 95% of our thoughts and our emotions, our decisions are based on the subconscious, not our conscious mind, which is maybe like 5% of our decision-making. And so it would behoove us to pay attention to the subconscious, right? Well, absolutely. See, the, the subconscious mind is really running us. And uh, I believe the heart is really the seat of the subconscious. And it was interesting because they, um, a number of years ago, some scientists were doing some studies looking at the nerve conduction between the heart and the brain. And what they were expecting was that they would see most of the instructions going from the, the brain and the head to the heart. And they found just the opposite. They found that the vast majority of the messages uh, between the brain and the heart were going from the heart to the brain. Uh, indicating that the uh, brain is obeying the messages that are sent by the heart. And we now know the heart is really a second brain, and uh, it's got gray matter and white matter, and it records the memories of the things that you really love, the, you know, the real affinities that you have. And um, so it's, uh, th- there's a whole, whole lot to that. And I, I believe we're living now in the age of the heart, where we're learning about the heart and what it really is, what it does, and um, how important it is to start living our lives from our heart. Because see, uh, for all these thousands of years, we've been living from this brain, and this brain doesn't feel anything, see? Uh, So in this brain, it makes perfect sense to drop bombs on people, you know, to settle differences and things, and use war to accomplish uh, goals and things. And um, this this brain, the heart brain, um, is totally different than that. it's, It's where we feel. And, uh, and that, you know, that takes us to that topic of, um, of the heart wall, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Let's so we might as well about talk that. about that now, I guess. Yeah. yeah you know, I, uh, that was on my list of questions to ask you, the heart wall. And, um, yeah, it's one of the things that I'm curious about and we'll, we'll backtrack, uh, cause I do want to talk about trapped emotions, but you talk a lot about in the book trapped emotions and then there's like this separate chapter where you talk about the heart wall and so i'm really curious like how they kind of differ or or you know i'm sure you'll talk about that yeah so right well one of the things that i learned when i was in practice working with people and i had no shortage of people and they were of all different ages and they had all different kinds of problems you know mental emotional physical issues i saw the the gamut and what i found was that all these people no matter how Uh, young or old they were, no matter what their complaint was, they all had something in common. And I came to call that their emotional baggage. And to understand what emotional baggage is, and it took me quite a while to figure this out, but um, if you think about the body, uh, that the body is just a very complex energy field, and then you think about emotions, and what are emotions really? When you're feeling an emotion of resentment or anger or grief or sadness or something, uh, what's really going on in the body? What, what's really happening? What is an emotion, really? We can describe them, but what are they? Well, because everything is energy. Uh, the body itself is energy. Uh, the chair you're sitting on, um, the table in front of you, the walls of your home, the, the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, everything 
if you get right down to the very fundamental uh, basis of it all, everything is made of energy. And um, so your body is made of energy, even though it seems solid and so on, um, and has, you know, takes up a three-dimensional sort of space and so on, yet we are energy beings. In fact, um, quantum physicists love to talk about this stuff. In fact, some, some of these quantum physicists recently, I think it was a couple of years ago, um, made some calculations and they figured out that if you could remove all the empty space from everyone's body on Earth, um, you could fit all 7.8 billion of us into a box the size of a sugar cube. Wow. And would it be crowded? Well, it would be, but <laughs> theoretically you could do that. And so um, when you're feeling an intense emotion, uh, whatever it might be, anger, sadness, grief, resentment, what's going on on a quantum level in the body is that you're feeling a new vibration because every emotion has a vibration. They're all different, right? And so um, whatever emotion you're feeling on a quantum level, you're feeling a certain new frequency, a certain vibration. And if that emotion is powerful enough or if you choose to bury that emotion, then that energy becomes trapped in the body. And uh, we call these trapped emotions. And a trapped emotion we find is a little ball of energy from about the size of a baseball to about the size of a softball. And these can lodge anywhere in the body. And wherever they lodge, they will tend to create this distorting force where they distort the normal energy field of the body. And because that's all the body is, is an energy field, when you distort that energy field, uh, you're interfering with the chemical reactions taking place in that little area, within that sphere. You're interfering with the blood flow and the lymph flow to some degree and the flow of the acupuncture meridian energy in that area. And so this is the reason why when people have trapped emotions, uh, a lot of the time they'll have some kind of physical symptom. Not always, but often they do. In fact, we find that about 90% of all the physical pain that people have is actually due to their emotional baggage. And I, I'll never forget, the first time I saw this actually was a woman that came in to me. And I'd seen her before, but it had been, it had been a few months. She comes in, all of a sudden she says she feels like she's having a heart attack. Uh, the left side of her face is totally numb. Her left arm is totally numb. She's got this difficulty breathing and this crushing chest pain. And I told my staff, look, I think she's having a heart attack, but give me just a minute with her, and then we yeah. might need to call an ambulance. Luckily, we were really close to a medical center. So... I took about one minute with her, and I started doing some testing uh, using the emotion code and found that she had a trapped emotion. The emotion was grief, and asking a few more questions, because we can tap into the subconscious mind, and that's what we teach uh, people how to do. I found that this had occurred three years earlier, and when I arrived at that, she burst into tears, and she said, I can't believe that's still affecting me. She said, I thought I dealt with all that, and I said, well, what in the world happened? And she said that three years before, her husband had been having an affair. And she found out about it and confronted him with the evidence. And the marriage just blew up. And um, that was the end of that marriage. And she had spent about a year in therapy dealing with all this mentally because she'd been deeply betrayed. She was really, really deeply in love with this guy and was planning on being yeah. with him forever. But he betrayed her. And so she spent this time in therapy and then had even recently gotten remarried. So as far as she was concerned... That guy was just the ex, but as far as her body was concerned, that energy was still there. And uh, so 
uh, I release that energy by just you know passing a magnet down her spine a few times, which is all we all we do. Once you find one of these and identify it, it's easy, very quick to release these. And the feeling came back into her face and into her arm within about three seconds. And the chest pain was just wow. gone. The difficulty breathing was all totally gone. Unbelievable, right? And about 10 minutes later, she left the office after laughing and joking with my staff and me. And I remember sitting down at my desk after she left, and my head was kind of spinning. And I was thinking, what did I just witness? What was that? How is it possible that an emotion that's trapped in the body can create, in her case, full-blown symptoms of a heart attack? Well, we now know that people uh, can die from a broken heart, and uh, they call it cardiac syndrome. Uh, mm. It's the Japanese that discovered it. They call it Takatsubo syndrome. And um, anyway, uh, yeah, it's so interesting. I think that she would have been one of those people who probably would have died. She probably would have really had a heart attack, and it probably would have, you know, her heart would have stopped. And um, but she, but she didn't because we released that emotion, and so she's still alive. And she and I are still connected. She has a horse ranch in Oregon. Is a great friend still. So that's phenomenal. It was thirty years ago. <laughs> Give oh or take. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> Did, you know, and on that note, you're talking about just healing. I, there's this. There's this phrase in the book that that I underlined, and you wrote in there every cancer patient that you ever treated, you said had a trapped emotion, and it just tells yeah. to that story that you're just talking about. I mean, it really highlights that. Like every single one. Like. It's yeah, that's just how it is. Well, in fact, every disease process that I've seen now in uh, 30, 33 years or 34 years, I guess, uh, has had uh, emotional baggage, trapped emotions, as a component. So think about that. I mean, um, every disease process, everything. I mean, from infertility to asthma to digestive disorders to Crohn's disease to cancer. I mean, you name it. All of them have an emotional component. And so sometimes when you remove that emotional component that's driving those symptoms, sometimes that's enough for the body to get the, you know, the upper hand. And sometimes that's enough to help that disease to heal and go away. You know, we, we don't, uh, uh, I don't claim that the emotion code cures any diseases or anything. All the emotion code is is just a way to find that emotional baggage that's going on that uh, that you're dragging around in your life. And maybe some of that was from you when you used to cry yourself to sleep at night when you were a kid because your parents were uh, miserable and arguing all the time. Or maybe it's from your breakups or divorce or maybe from when you were bullied as a child. Or I mean, you know, we all go through um, emotional highs and lows and and uh, it's usually um, those emotional lows sometimes that, uh, uh, that end up creating uh, this emotional baggage for us. So, You know, one of the things I found amazing, too, in your book, and you just highlighted it like as a child, right? I have two boys, eight and four, and so um, they're teaching me. I always say more than – I'm learning more from them than I could have possibly learned from any podcast, book, certification, anything. Um, but – one of the things you mentioned was that, you know, we can inherit these emotions yeah. and or, you know, they can be preconceived before conception. So can you how, how is that possible? Like, how can these emotions like how, how could my son, for example, it could be a generational thing or his mother and I could be transmitting emotions before yeah. he's even born? Yeah, I, I really believe that everybody uh, inherits some emotional energy 
from mom or dad that they, uh, that they might have received from their mom or dad and that sometimes you know, may go back for many, many generations. Um, so scientists are finding out that this happens with animals, for example. Uh, they're finding out that uh, even lower animals will, um, uh, will transmit somehow down the line traumatic experiences to help protect their offspring, to help protect their, their descendants. Um, for example, let's say that you're an elk and uh, uh, you're at a certain meadow uh, on the side of the mountain and you're attacked by uh, a pack of wolves and they almost take you down and kill you, but you escape. Uh, you probably have some emotional baggage about that, some emotional energy that's trapped in your body. And uh, then when you conceive uh, a new elk, I'm not sure what baby elk are called, yeah. elklets. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> when, when, you, when you conceive one of those, uh, an offspring, then your subconscious mind may decide to share that energy. And so that energy may pass down. And what will happen is for generations, the other elks, will, uh, or the other elk, I guess you'd say, will, they'll yeah. avoid that area. They won't know why. They just won't go there. They'll get a bad feeling about it, and they'll just stay away. Um, and they've done studies like this uh, with animals in, in the lab, and they don't know how these uh, memories are passed down, but it's a genetic kind of thing. But how that possibly is, uh, is happening, Western medicine doesn't know. But uh, what it is uh, is... The, it, it's passed down in the form of these energies that we call uh, inherited trapped emotions. And so, yeah, we all have these. And um, it's exciting to get rid of these uh, yeah. because, like, um, you know, they... Um, in, fact, I, in fact, I'll tell you a story from the book that's kind of wild, um, if you want. Please, please. You've got so many great stories in the book. People need to pick up the book and just read it. It's so good. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, one of the reasons I wrote the book was because I was afraid I was going to start forgetting these stories, you know, because I'm getting older. Yeah. But uh, I was at an event a few years ago, and there was a uh, – I asked for a volunteer, and this woman came up out of the audience. I asked for somebody that was really in pain. So this woman comes up and um, hobbles up out of the audience, and she tells me that she's had this really severe hip pain on a 0 to 10 scale of pain where 10 is the most you can imagine. She was a nine. So she was really hurting. It had been going on for a, a year, and she'd seen a couple of doctors for it. They hadn't been able to help her. And so, uh, so I tested her and found that uh, she had this inherited trapped emotion of fear that she had gotten from her father when she was conceived. And he'd gotten it from his father when he was conceived. And now I'm, I'm testing her i'm asking questions to get these answers from her body and her subconscious mind is responding through she she's holding her arm out and we call this kinesiology or muscle testing i'm asking questions and her arm is staying strong for yes answers and it's going weak for no answers and as i do and we teach you how to do this in the book but as i'm doing this i find out that uh, this inherited trapped emotion of fear uh that she got from her father it went back in in stayed in the father's line it went back um uh, 12 generations and so um so when we when we arrived at that uh, one of the things that i have found over many many years of doing this is that um these ancestors of ours seem to be uh, very interested in what's going on with us and we've had uh, over over many years of doing this i've talked to a lot of different people who have that ability to see um spirits that other people don't see it's kind of a gift that some people have seems to be becoming maybe a little more common, uh, actually, than it used to be. 
But anyway, I thought just for fun, because um, I can't see these spirits, but, um, but I thought just for fun I would test her to see if, uh, if those ancestors were, were there with us, which sounds weird, but actually, uh, it, when you think about it, it's actually really normal because um, they're there because they're about to have something released from them as well. See, because when, when an ancestor passes down an emotional energy, they keep that energy. Even though they die uh, physically, they live on as spirits and they still are carrying that emotional baggage. And so all of them uh, carry it. And so I tested her and asked if those ancestors were there with us, and they were. And I asked, well, are they... And this is something that, that I, I do just because it's so interesting... Uh, I can't see them, but I asked, all right, are these ancestors, are they, are they floating around in the air over the audience? And I got a no, uh, very clearly. And I said, well, are they sitting out in the audience there, out in, uh, in those chairs? No. Uh, are they up here on the stage with us? Yes. And that's always how it is. They're always right there, kind of gathering around their loved one, right? Because um, we can't see them, but I think the day will come when we all will be able to, because... Uh, they're part of this world just like us. So anyway, I released that trapped emotion and uh, that inherited trapped emotion of fear from all those generations back. So then I said, okay, why don't you walk around? Well, she starts walking, then she starts dancing because the pain <laughs> that she'd had that was so severe was completely gone, zeroed out. Yeah. In fact, I ran into her a year later, it was still gone. But um, here's the interesting thing. Uh, when this, you know, she went back uh, and sat down and I finished my lecture and then I... Uh, uh, when it was over, I went back out to our booth. We had a booth with some of our staff, and a woman came up to me after about a minute, and she said, listen, she said, Dr. Nelson, I, I was in your lecture. She said, I just wanted you to know something. She said, I'm one of those people that can see those spirits. Uh, it's kind of been a gift, kind of been a curse. I've had it all my life. And she said, I wanted you to know that what, what I saw was exactly what you were talking about. She said, there were, there were those grandfathers were there on the stage with you guys. I could see them. She said, there was something else going on I don't know that you were aware of. She said, I saw surrounding the stage about 200 spirits, uh, and it came to me who they were. They were this woman's yet-to-be-born posterity, and they were there rejoicing that they weren't going to have to take on this woman's uh, crippling emotional baggage. Wow. And the joke is that's when the last hair fell out, you know, <laughs> that gave up. <laughs> So. Yeah, you we've got so many great stories in the book just like that. One of the one of the great ones I love too is um is when you talk about muscle testing and how you all face you faced one of the in one of your seminars you faced a a not a client but someone that came up and volunteered you faced a volunteer away from the audience and you give the audience instruct, instructions to like send hate and evil towards like thoughts towards these people. And when you do a muscle test their arm drops. But then sure. when you send joy, love, all the good things their arm stays strong. So yeah. it's just so fascinating. And you do the same thing. Even um, another one I love in the book is uh, you have a packet of vitamin C in, a, in an envelope, and they don't know what it is, and you have a packet of sugar. Same thing. When, they, when the vitamin C, they test the arm, strong. When they do the sugar, it weakens the arm. So yeah. there's something going on there. Well, these subconscious minds of ours are incredibly intelligent. I mean, far more than we can even imagine. And uh, they're capable of sensing things and... Uh, you know, I mean, think about it. You walk into a dark, dark room where you can't see anything. If there's someone else in that room, you know it, right? Yeah. And how does that work? Well, there's just so much going on that we aren't aware of. I mean, for example, in Vietnam, uh, 
the um, they used uh, scouts in the Green Berets who were Native American guys that had really long hair. And as long as the hair was long, they could sense the enemy. But w- they made them cut their hair, and they lost that ability. So then eventually they let them grow their hair back is how I understand it. But, you know, it, it's wow. just so fascinating. There, there's so much going on with our existence and, uh, uh, and the... the the reality uh, that we have been really led to believe in is not necessarily the reality that is real, right? Yeah. So, I'm curious. Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I, was, wanna, I, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, when I'm reading your book, it's, you've, you have so many stories, anxiety, physical pain, bad knees, heartache, depression, carpal tunnel, weight loss, allergies. Again, uh, you can't say you cured can't say but you rebalanced their body and it withered away and all these symptoms got better let's just say that yeah um so then you know our body is built it's in a smart so-called way to uh, evolve and last any idea like why is our body trapping these emotions and you know why why are we holding on to these things is it a protection mechanism any ideas well you know you can think of it this way um when we have an emotional experience and we have countless emotional experiences during our lifetime it's only a small fraction of those that result in us trapping an emotion. And so when we have an emotional experience, what's really going on? Well, we feel the emotion, and that emotion that we're feeling is, uh, is a frequency, and it's a message that's coming from the deep subconscious. And um, there are two situations that occur where we tend to trap these emotions. One situation is where maybe we've been taught that uh, the emotion of anger, for example, maybe that's a really bad emotion. Maybe we never want to allow, uh, want to allow ourselves to ever feel that. So uh, let's say that somebody does something uh, that wrongs us and we start to feel that emotion of anger and maybe rightfully so, but we decide because uh, we've made a decision that we should never feel that, we bury that. We, we don't allow ourselves to feel it. Well, uh, every emotional experience you can think of as being like a loop, Okay. So now what we have is we have an open loop, okay? It's a loop that hasn't really completed. The emotional experience has not been completed because we buried it. So now what we have is a trapped emotion. And that's kind of what it is, uh, how that works. Another experience that, uh, uh, or another way we can trap these is if, if an emotion comes up for us and we decide uh, to not just um, feel the emotion but to become really involved with it, to enhance it, to become really upset, really angry, really resentful, whatever it is. So that's the other kind of circumstance that will result in an emotion becoming trapped because um, we, we didn't allow ourselves to just kind of experience the emotion and then allow it to go away. We got way too involved with it and we enhanced it and we augmented it. And so, um, so we've got those two kinds of uh, situations that create these trapped emotions. But, um, but again, uh, each one of these is like a little loop of an emotional experience. And so the energy is still stuck in the body because the experience hasn't ended. So when we, when we identify um, a trapped emotion using this uh, process that we've developed that we call the emotion code, um, all we're doing is we're finding those emotional loops that weren't really completed where the energy is still in the body. And then we allow the body to tell us if, if there's anything else it needs to know, for example, do we need to dig deeper? Do we need to know who was involved or when this occurred? And usually you don't need to know too much. You can just find that emotion and then release it and it's gone. But, um, 
But I mean, what's really amazing, if you think about this, um, that 90% of all the physical pain that people have is due to trapped emotions. Think about all the people that are taking all kinds of drugs and think of all the addiction. and all, There's just so much uh, pain that's going on and so much of it can be you know, gotten rid of by just releasing the emotional baggage that's there. And I've seen it, I mean, countless, countless times. Uh, and when people get the Emotion Good book and they try this for themselves because it's easy enough to do that you can try it for yourself and, and do it for yourself and for your friends and family members and so on. When they start having these experiences and they start realizing, oh my gosh, my pain's gone, my back pain is gone, I've had that for 20 years, you know, or my migraine is gone, um, that's really what's driving this. Um, and then the other thing that's driving this, this success all over the world, uh, we're opening up 15 new countries, by the way, you know, this year uh, in wow. Europe. Um, and uh, we're really excited about that. But we've got, you can see some of the translations that we've got on the wall behind me. This is Swedish. This one, the yellow one just came out. It's kind of fun. Yes, nice. <laughs> but anyway, um, the other thing that's exciting that's driving this is this phenomenon of the heart wall. And so what is the heart wall? Well, um, let's go back to the 1960s when doctors first started doing heart transplants. What they found was that uh, people would sometimes come back to them and they would say, you know, since I got my heart transplant, things are weird because... I never used to care for baseball. Now I'm at every baseball game. Why is that? Or they would say things like, you know, I never cared for Chinese food. Now I'm eating it all the time. And, um, uh, or they'd say, you know, my taste in, in music has totally changed. I never cared for classical music. Now I'm listening to it all the time. And certain passages are like, I just can't get out of my head. And I play those loud. I'll, you know. Or sometimes people would say things like, you know, I've, I have memories now since I got this heart of being in places that I never in my whole life have ever visited. It's really strange what's going on. Uh, or they'd say, you know, my handwriting has totally changed. And in, in every case, when these people were connected with the family of the heart donor, they would find out, oh, yes, our daughter visited Rome every year, and now you have memories of being in Rome, but you say you've never been there in your whole life? Well, those must be her memories? How weird is that? Or they'd say, oh, that's our son's handwriting. Now you have that? How strange is that, right? Really crazy things. Now, there are whole books written about this, and it's called Cellular Memory. There have been movies made about it and so on. But um, the ancients believed that the heart was the seed of the soul and the source of love and creativity and romance. I mean, even now, and this has been going on for thousands of years, um, if somebody, if it's Valentine's Day, for example, and somebody gives you something, well, if you're lucky, it might be a heart-shaped box of something good, Right. And um, so that heart symbol uh, is really universal throughout, uh, throughout the world. And so uh, it's so fascinating. But what happened was um, we had this experience where it was, it was shown to us in an interesting way. My wife and I really had this experience together where it was shown to us that she had a wall around her heart. She had put up a wall um, around her heart when she was uh, starting when she was two years old. She was born into a very volatile family. Her dad was kind of a rageaholic. And uh, by age two, she had felt like her heart was going to break because of all this going on. And so she started to put up a wall to protect her heart from being broken, see. And um, the price that she paid was, uh, uh, it was easy for her to feel negative emotions, hard to feel positive ones. It was easy to feel depressed 
easy to feel anxiety, hard to feel really connected with other people. In fact, she, she always felt like she was on the outside looking in, really, with any group she was ever with, even friends she'd known for years. She always felt like she was kind of, um, what would you say, kind of like the odd person out, right? Like she yeah. didn't really belong there. And um, so we, we found that uh, she had a wall, and that wall was made of layers of her emotional baggage, trapped emotions. So we started releasing those trapped emotions, and it uh, took us a couple of weeks. When the last one was relieved and, or removed, released, all of a sudden, she was with a group of people, and all of a sudden felt like she belonged for the first time. Totally changed her life. And... Wow. Uh, you know, there are so many stories. We've got over 10,000 testimonials now from people all over the world who, uh, uh, who are finding that, you know, this is a real thing. It's one of the most important things I think you can do for yourself is to get rid of that wall. We find that 93% of people yeah. have put up this wall. And um, one of my very favorite stories from the Emotion Code book uh, about this is that happened to me not long after we um, were shown this, really, from above it was kind of one of those things where it was shown to us um this woman comes into my office and she's got really severe neck pain and she's seen a couple of other doctors for it and uh they hadn't been able to help her so as i'm talking with her she tells me uh that um she's 38 years old she's a nurse she's single she hasn't dated in eight years she's never going to date again and i said well um gee that's why do you feel that way uh, she was dead serious. She was going to be single the rest of her life. And I said, yeah, what happened to you? She said that eight years before, she was really deeply in love with this guy who dumped her and broke her heart. And that was it. No more dating ever again. So I tested her and found that um, she had a heart wall, again, which 93% of people have. And uh, there were three trapped emotions that were making up these three layers of energy. It's like a force field, kind of. It's really interesting. Anyway, I released those three emotions. They all had to do with the breakup from eight years before. And when I released the last one, suddenly the severe neck pain was just gone, totally gone. I didn't have, even have to touch her neck. And uh, so she left the office feeling totally fine and didn't come back. Three months later, she walks back into the office. And I said, hey, how are you? I haven't seen you for a while. What's going on? She said, you know, she said, um, my neck's been fine since I was here. But she said, you cleared that heart wall for me, and that really works because, she said, about two weeks after I was here, I found out that my childhood sweetheart has been living right around the corner from me for almost eight years. And we're dating, and we're in love, and I think he's going to ask me to marry him. And I thought, wow, that's a big shift, right? It's so cool, and it, it just reminds me of that law of attraction, the law of vibration, right? Like, mm -hmm. she, that guy was always there. Yes. She just wasn't at the same – she just couldn't vibrate. She couldn't, right. there, she couldn't resonate at that level. And then once you cleared it, yeah. how serendipitous, right, yeah. it was. It's really That's amazing. So cool. uh, one of my another favorite story of mine that I'm reminded of is one of our practitioners told me that um, her sister had been divorced for about nine years, and uh, finally called her up one day and she said, "Listen, I'm tired of being alone. I need you to come over and work on me." And so she did, and she found she had a heart wall, and she cleared the heart wall. Well, neither one of them told anybody. This was on the weekend, right? And um, Monday, the phone starts ringing, and it's it's guys calling her sister, right? Calling her up, saying, hey, I, you know, I haven't seen you in a long time. How are you? What's going on? And, uh, the, you know, the phone hadn't rung in a long time. 
So uh, there's definitely something cosmic about our existence, and uh, it's all about quantum physics, and we're all made of energy, and we're all connected. And so uh, think about your own life. I mean, do you have a heart wall? You probably do. Most people do. <laughs> what, what have you been through? Have you yeah. been through anything difficult? Have you ever felt like your heart was going to break, Joel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Most Definitely. people have had that feeling, you know. And if you have that more than once or twice, uh, you'll put up a wall. And then the problem is you go through the rest of your life with a wall, and it's like you're handicapped from not only from really connecting with other people and, uh, and finding love uh, or maintaining that love or having that love be as good as it can be, you're also blocked from really being able to create what you want to create in this world. Because you see, there, I believe that every person has within their heart this perfect blueprint of what their life can be. But if you've got a heart wall, it's so much more difficult to really follow your heart. And that's such great advice that people give, yeah. but uh, harder if you have a heart wall. You know, one of the stories that in your book that really touched me was actually, I believe, a story about your children. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you have twins, correct? I do. Was that? Okay, so that, uh, that was the right story. And, um, you know, it's so interesting because my, my oldest, there's a lot of things um, that you were talking about. And he, I guess the old, your, this son of, uh, of yours was bad doctor, calling you a bad doctor. And it came out right. of nowhere, right? Yeah. And that same thing has happened to me. And it happened around when my son was three. And mm. if I go back in that time, too, there was a time where he was undergoing night terrors. came out of nowhere. Huh. Um, and you talk a lot about that in your book and how you were like, you know, I don't know if he has a trapped emotion. This is interesting. And when you clear that, it, all of a sudden, uh, things that you've seen in other children, night terrors, but then the whole bad doctor thing, you gave yeah. it, it stopped. All that stopped. Yeah. And uh, so that really resonated with me. And I hope anybody that has kids or is listening, like, they can – I'm I'm like I'm like where's an emotional code practitioner I can go see right now right like yeah because that that impact that that story really resonated with me a lot wow right yeah that was uh, that was incredibly moving for me too and then um, the next day when I went uh, back to work I'm in my practice um, I'm telling everybody about this and one of the patients that had come in that day said you know I wonder if my daughter has a trapped emotion because she said my husband is an airline pilot. And so he's gone, you know, for a certain number of days periodically. And uh, she said, when he comes back, our daughter, who I think she was about maybe six, just runs and hides from from him. And um, she said, it it really breaks his heart. And so I said, well, bring her in. Let's check her. And so she did. We checked her. She had a trapped emotion. And it was something like sadness about her dad being gone, I think. I can't remember now. But we released that trapped emotion. And then the following week, this woman came in again, and she said, you know what? She said, that really worked because she said when, when my husband came home from the trip, she said our daughter just ran and jumped into his arms, and um, just such a beautiful thing. So, yes, kids get trapped emotions. Yeah. Animals get trapped emotions too. And so, um, you know, 90% yeah. of their problems, behavioral and physical, are also due to emotional baggage. And there's, there's no, method other, uh, no other method really like this uh, that, uh, that makes it so yeah. simple to work on uh, kids and animals and people. And kids can learn this themselves. Um, animals can't learn it themselves. It's not that easy. <laughs> not yet. But hopefully yet, soon. Anyway. We'll be, you'll be coming out with the Emotion Code for Animals book. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you know, just a couple more questions and we'll wrap it up. But I'm curious for um, people are probably listening to this thing. Hey, this, that sounds great. But um, in your practice and what you've seen over the last 34 years, if you release a trapped emotion, is that pretty permanent? Is that pretty sticky? Yes. Trapped emotions don't ever come back. When we find a trapped emotion and we release it, when you find one in this using the emotion code method, remember that what you're doing is you're, you're closing an emotional loop. And if you, um, if you follow the method as we teach it, then you'll be able to fully close that little loop and it's gone forever. Uh, so we've never ever seen one come back in all of these years of doing this. Um, so that's, uh, that's the beauty of this, uh, is yeah. that you can get rid of this baggage. And um, you know if you, you learn how to do it, you can do it on yourself. Uh, if you want a practitioner to do it for you, you can find people to do it for you. You wanna get rid of your heart wall so that you can find your soulmate or whatever, you know, maximize your time in this world. We've got practitioners that can do that for you. You can go to discoverhealing.com and we have a practitioner map and we have staff practitioners and you can find people that can help you. And the, one of the beautiful things about this work is that you don't have to even leave your home. Uh, they can do it online with you or remotely, whatever you want. And it works just the wow. same because it's yeah. quantum physics. <laughs> <laughs> it's energy. Energy is moving. Yep. Um, I love that. And then could you just maybe like briefly, Kenna, if anybody's really interested in this, like what's a typical session like? I'm sure every practitioner has their own thing, but like how long do they last? And what's like, a, you know, the typical tempo of, of a session? Yeah, I would say that probably the average uh, session probably lasts half an hour. And uh, if you're working with somebody live and in person, uh, they may have you hold out your arm and they may ask questions and get yes or no answers from you. In fact, you can try this on, on people. What you can do is you can... Um, uh, if you got a friend or somebody that, that you're, you're with, you can actually just have them hold out their arm parallel to the floor and have them state their name. Like, for example, I would say, my name is Brad. Have them state their name and then have them resist you as you press down on their arm. And then uh, this is just a fun thing you can try. Have them say that their name is someone else's name. Like if I said, my name is Bob, and if you were to press down on my arm, I wouldn't be able to resist that downward pressure. Um, and that's... That's just a, uh, an aspect of the subconscious mind that it, it controls the conscious or it controls the physical body. And so um, it can't really tell a lie without uh, the body weakening to a degree, mm -hmm. at least for a few seconds. And so, um, so you can try that. Uh, that's kind of a fun thing that you can do. But anyway, a session might look like uh, they might ask you some questions and start getting some yes or no answers on you. They may test themselves and get... Uh, answers on themselves, yes, no, uh, no answers. Uh, if you're working with somebody at a distance, uh, maybe over Zoom or Skype or something, uh, it's, just, it's the same thing, except you know, you're just looking at, a, at each other through a little window. And um, the beautiful thing about it is uh, there's really no barrier of distance because um, energy, is, uh, energy is really kind of timeless and limitless. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, we have uh, thousands. We've certified uh, uh, probably about 8,500 emotion code practitioners now in over 80 countries around the world. And uh, most of them work with other people in other countries and other places that they might never actually visit. Uh, and yet uh, many of, of whose lives they'll actually uh, have changed by the time they're done. So, Yeah, it's really cool stuff. It's something I definitely want to get into and add to my practice because I just see it all the time coming up and man, what a, what a great value to be able to add to people. And I just, yeah, it's just, I know it'll be, it'll do good. So, um, 
Awesome stuff, man. You know, the only last question I really had for you was about magnets. You talk about a lot about magnets. Mm -hmm. Could you just briefly just kind of talk about, you know, how you, why you use them and you've seen them be so efficacious? Sure. Well, um, when I was first really discovering this work, I was using magnets and, uh, and I was using, you know, relatively expensive magnets, uh, and I thought that you had to use those initially. And then I found that, no, you didn't really need to use expensive magnets, and it doesn't really matter uh, what kind of a magnet you use. Uh, for example, um, we have, uh, we sell magnets uh, on our website at discoverhealing.com that look like this. Uh, it has the chart of emotions on it, but it's really just a refrigerator magnet. And uh, so those kind of magnets work fine. To, uh, to use the emotion code, we use a particular meridian in the body. A meridian is a little river of energy. And the one that we use is called the governing meridian, which starts at the tailbone and goes up the back and over the top of the head. And uh, we'll, when we're ready to release a trapped emotion, we'll just swipe a magnet a few times like this over the head. And if it's inherited, we do it 10 times over the head. And um, uh, so it, it's actually really simple. But we've also found that if you don't have a magnet... Uh, you can use your hand. Your hand is also magnetic. It's putting out a biomagnetic field. And so you don't have to get hung up on what kind of magnet to buy or, you know, getting an expensive magnet. You, if you've got a Hello Kitty magnet on your fridge or, or the <laughs> magnet from your plumber, those will work just great. Okay. Good to know. Awesome stuff. Um, I want to jump into some quick lightning round questions. Mm -hmm. But uh, before I do, is there anything that I, that I didn't ask you that you wish I had? Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's there's so much to talk about. I you know I can talk for days about this, and often do, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I think we covered a lot of stuff. We're probably okay. Okay. Cool. Um, all right. Let's jump into some lightning round stuff and wrap this show up. This was great. Thank you. You know, I'm curious if the old you could see the new you, what would the uh, new you say? Well. I think if I could do that, I think that my, um, the you that I, or the me that I am now talking to the older me, I think I would say that, um, that the most important thing that, that you can do in your life is to develop your ability to love others unconditionally. That's the most important thing. And it's one of the only things we take with us. Uh, when people die and they go to the other side, they're often asked, uh, Questions like, how much love were you able to develop for your fellow beings? And how much knowledge were you able to gain? They're never, ever asked, um, you know, how fancy of a car did you drive? Or, you know, did you live in a really fancy place? Or, you know, it's none of that. Yeah. It's just about unconditional love. And um, I think that uh, love is the most powerful force in the whole universe. And it's part of what we teach with the Emotion Code. Uh, we teach our practitioners to connect with that higher power for whatever you believe. It's not a religious thing. But if you believe that there is a higher power, ask for help because then that opens that channel in mysterious ways. And, uh, and when you focus love on the person that you're working with, uh, even if that's you yourself, um, that's important. And also to cultivate a feeling of gratitude. Uh, what we teach people is that um, to really be a powerful healer, and anyone is capable of healing. It's a birthright that belongs to every single one of us in this world. Uh, it's, it's all about love and gratitude, uh, allowing your heart to fill with gratitude and also love. And then what happens is any of those emotions like dread or fear, those are just driven out 
uh, of the heart because they can't coexist with love and gratitude. So that's what it's about. I love that. Great answer. Um, what are some choices that you made that you think made you who you are today? Well, you know, um, one of the things that I've done consistently throughout my life is I've, uh, uh, I've prayed. Prayer has been, um, and, and I really learned that when I was seven and I was healed from the measles. Uh, it's been such an integral part of my life, asking for help. And like I said, there, there have been times when, you know, just offering that short, silent prayer for help where the information is just flooded into me like an avalanche of data. And again, that's kind of unusual, but I think that, um, I think that, that higher power, you know, God's source energy, uh, creator, whatever you might refer to it as, fine, uh, is aware of us all the time and everything that we're doing. And I think that really uh, the idea that we are separated from God or from that higher power is really an illusion. Um, it's really an illusion. I think that, uh, yeah. uh, that it's almost like we're living in, in the matrix, really. And uh, we have all of these things and all of these constructs, and we get to live our life, and we're free to choose. And I think that life is kind of a school, and it's also a test. What are we going to choose here? Are we going to choose love, or are we going to choose hate? It's up to us. We can choose. Are we going to choose light? Are we going to choose dark? Um, good or bad, it, it's really up to us. But um, the, the wonderful thing about the emotion code uh, and why it's coming into the world at this time is because, like I said, we all have this uh, innate ability to heal, this birthright, I believe, that really belongs to every single one of us, every man, woman, and child on this earth has that ability. But we've given that up a long time ago somewhere. But uh, what the emotion code is doing is it's giving that back to people. Then It's giving them back the ability to heal. It's, it's empowering them with that... Uh, that ability that we, we have had all along, but that we've just kind of yep. lost track of. Yeah. So good. You know, I'm curious, you know, you're such a force in the health and wellness world, you know, who inspires you or is there anybody that you follow or that, that inspires you? Well, you know, yeah, there, there are some people that, uh, that I really look up to and really admire and, uh, uh, people that, uh, the people that come to mind for, for me are people like Greg Braden, um, Joe Dispenza, um, there are lo and lots of others, you know, there's really a list of people. Um, Tony Robbins is a friend of mine, not so much in the health space, but he was yeah. somebody that came along uh, 35 years ago and actually changed my life. And then many, many years later, um, I was able to connect with him again. And he wrote the foreword for, um, the emotion code. Uh, yeah, and, was pretty neat. yeah, and he doesn't really write forwards. Yeah. generally speaking is yeah you know so that was that was kind of a neat thing so yeah there are um and there's so many people that have uh that have broken so much ground in helping us to understand i mean deepak Chopra is one of the great ones for example and um yeah they're just they're just so many and in my own life i've had some some really wonderful mentors uh that have helped me to understand and so what i'm trying to do is just give back and I'm, I'm really, uh, this is a mission to me to bring this work into the world. It isn't about me at all. I'm just the messenger. This is how I see it. I'm just the messenger to bring this work into the world because it's really about you. And um, you can find, you can remove whoever you are. You can find your own emotional baggage. You can get rid of it. You can, you can help these people around you 
that need your help, you'll be absolutely flabbergasted how much you can do and how much help you can give to these people that you care about. Uh, it's, it's just astounding. So check it out. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> um, any, any books that you'd recommend somebody or that any books that had, I'm a big reader. Um, is there any books that stand out for you that you had a lot of impact on your life that you'd recommend somebody other than the emotion code? We know that it's right here. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, um, yeah, there are, there are a couple of books that really stick out to me. Um, I'll give you three actually. Um, awesome. Um, one of them is, um, is a book called The Science of Getting Rich by a guy named Wallace Waddles. Uh, it, it, it really could be named The Science of Getting Whatever It Is That You Want to Create in Your Life, but that's a great book. It was written back in like 1910. Another great book that came out around that same time or maybe a little earlier um, is one that everybody knows. It's called As a Man Thinketh mm. by James Allen. Uh, that's a great book. And then another book uh, that uh, really has had a, an enormous influence on my life is actually a book called The Book of Mormon. And, you know, there's a, there's a big Broadway play about that, but it actually is a real book. And um, that book has probably had a bigger influence on my life than any other book that, that I've ever read because um, what it teaches you how to do is it teaches you how to really connect with the higher power and really get answers. And so... Um, I'd say those are my top three. There's probably, I mean, there's a lot of other ones too, but those, those are the ones that come to mind at the moment. Yeah, no, those are all, those are three great books. Um, last two questions and we'll wrap it up. Any, um, any, any rituals or, or hacks or practices that you do on a regular basis? Uh, yeah, well, um, one of the things that I do is, um, there's a book that I read um, called Do What Matters Most. And um, th there's another book for you. It's, it's, a, it's a great book. And um, one of the things that I try to do every week is I try to do something called pre-week planning where, um, where I sit down and I actually think about the week and what I want to do. I try to create the week spiritually and think about the different roles that I have. Uh, like all of us, uh, I wear different hats. I've, I've got a, a dad hat, and I've got a husband hat, and uh, I've got an entrepreneur hat and a healer hat and so on. And so what I do is um, I think about each one of those roles, and, uh, and I've just been working on my, on my goals actually for this year. And so what I do is I look at the goals that I've created for each one of those roles, and the question that I've asked myself is when I get to the end of this year, um, what what would really make me feel like I've accomplished something and really made progress in that role? And yeah. so then that's my guiding, um, uh, that's my guidance really for each week. I look at each role and decide, okay, this is what I want to achieve. How can I do that this week? What can I do to move myself forward that week? And so um, that's a phenomenal book. It's by um, a guy named Steve uh, Schallenberger. And uh, he's, uh, he does business coaching, in fact. In fact, he's our business coach, um, and uh, he and his son, Rob Schallenberger. They're great business coaches. It's a great book. It's called Do What Matters Most. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. I'm going to pick that up. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Last but not least, Dr. Bradley Nelson, where can people find you and your team and everything that you're doing? Yeah, well, we've got a couple of websites, um, and that's the easiest way to find us, probably. Discover Healing. We've got a Facebook uh, for Discover Healing, and... Twitter, and then there's my personal uh, website at uh, drbradleynelson.com, and then I'm, you can find Dr. Bradley Nelson on tw uh, tw 
Twitter. It's official Dr. Bradley Nelson, I think, on Twitter. And uh, and then Facebook, same kind of thing. You know, all the – and then LinkedIn, all those. So, yeah, you can find us. We're You're out everywhere. There. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Discover Healing, <laughs> the emotion code. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, Discover Healing, and then, you, yeah, your own – your own the, you know – then you have the emotion code, the, the healing, the, where the healers can, you can learn to get certified and stuff and, and learn yeah. that practice and impact your own communities. So very yeah. cool. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you, brother. Well, thank you, Joel. I appreciate the time because, uh, you know, my, my whole purpose is to just get this work out to the world to as many people as we possibly can. And, uh, and I believe and know it is going to change the world. Um, but, so getting an opportunity like yours to connect with uh, everybody that is connected to you is a wonderful opportunity for me. So thank you. Appreciate it a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, man. Awesome stuff. All right. That's it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Hack Life. And if you did, please share this episode on social media and then tag me at Joel Levin Coaching. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so that you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. Thanks a ton, guys, for the support. <laughs>